Welcome back to DJ Coffee Talk Podcast. Today we're sitting down with an up-and-coming artist out of Chicago, Illinois, who makes music under the artist's name of Monsoons. His real name is Randy Huynh, and he produces wavy, dreamlike, indie-inspired songs. He has inspirations, both obvious and not so obvious, of the likes of artists such as Chet Porter, San Holo, and former Hero, whom he holds in very high regard. He has a sort of quiet charm and a love for music that bleeds out into our conversation that we have with him. We hope you enjoy getting to know Randy Huynh and the story behind Monsoons as much as we did. Today, the preview song that we chose for Monsoons' discography is called IDKY. This song happens to be his most streamed song on Spotify and for good reason. It's got catchy lyrics, a sonically pleasing soundscape, but an overall melancholic, however somehow upbeat feeling to it. Randy self-released this song in 2021, so if you like the vibe of it, go check it out on your favorite music streaming platform, but don't go too far because after this short clip, we jump right into conversation with Monsoons. Enjoy! for finally joining us. I know it's been a little bit of time since we initially said we wanted to do an episode together, but I'm glad we finally got to sit down with you. Everybody who's listening, uh, we're sitting with Randy Huynh, um, also known and produces under the name Monsoons, which uh, initially when I heard it, I'm like, well, that's a really cool fucking name, um, just because it sounds cool. And in Arizona, we have Monsoons, but um, I didn't really think too much deeper into the name, but then I was looking into your bio. We're doing some research and uh, it sounds like the way you came up with that and your um, thinking behind it was really cool. Can you start us off by just telling us where the name, the artist name Monsoons comes from? Yeah, I had a lot of time struggling of thinking about my artist name and how much I cared about it. Mm -hmm. uh, when I first started making music, cause like I've been making music since like high school. So it's been like almost 10 years now, um, but only doing it seriously in the last couple few. Um, and I eventually stumbled upon the name Monsoon and asked my roommate at the time, like, oh, would you think Monsoons is weird or Monsoon? And they like said like, oh, I think it makes more sense if someone said, I'm going to go see Monsoons instead of Monsoon. So uh, that's how it became plural. But I think the idea behind it is because like in Southeast Asia, that there's a lot of like really heavy thunderstorms and wind and precipitation changes and they call them monsoons so i think because i'm like a vietnamese descent um they kind of fit um aside from the cultural idea behind it it's i think it's kind of cool just because like it's like weather changing and like everything's changing all the time that mm. you're you just kind of have to deal with it like the monsoons like these people have to sit through this like awful rain I, and i hate standing in the rain sometimes <laughs> and like when it's super duper windy you're like driving in it but like you just kind of have to deal with it and um i mean you could look at it negatively but you could also like 
think of it as a positive thing is <laughs> things are changing, <laughs> life's happening, and you kind of just have to like take it in, you know. <laughs> yeah. I guess the thing is, anybody listening in that like lives in a place where there isn't like a, a huge monsoon season here in Arizona, like it's, uh, it's such a dichotomous thing. Like it is so chaotic and crazy but then also you have some of the most beautiful moments i think in the arizona like year during monsoons when it chills out but every all the plants are happy because like there's, there's been rain and things like that so it's really beautiful at moments too yeah i like when i was doing research for it it seemed like arizona was like one of the few places out in the u.s that does have monsoons so i, I thought i think it's kind of cool that you're able to connect that way yeah, yeah. Um, and for some reason this year, it was a massive monsoon season, too. Yeah, thank God, too. We needed it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But yeah, there's some, yeah, but it's, yeah. monsoons are beautiful things, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, that was a smooth one, but they are great. Anyway, yeah. Dan, you can go. <laughs> Good times. Oh. Fun. <laughs> Fun. Um, but you hinted at something in your in your bio too, kind of the the idea of a mixture between um, beauty and and chaos and change and uh, a mixture of this and how that kind of you try to translate that into to music and uh, how you see it as beautiful. Is it difficult to ride the line between like when it comes to actual structure of music, like chaos and and beauty? Yeah, I think chaos and beauty is like a hard. Thing to think about for me sometimes because like without chaos you wouldn't be able to appreciate like beauty or vice versa yeah. um so within music like i often like get super duper messy projects and it's like really chaotic because <laughs> i want to include so many different things but also I, there's also moments in music where it's just like really simple and like you're just able to appreciate the beauty and you wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't pass through those moments of chaos i think uh, <laughs> <Always> back. <laughs> I think we lost audio for one. Lost yeah, video for, for like the there. last of that sentence. I'm so sorry. I was like, when you put your hand up to your ear. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. Can you hear me now? Yes, I you're totally you now. fine now. Okay, yeah. Um, maybe it's because I put my hand up and the microphone was kind of going crazy. But uh, like within music, like there's like moments of beauty and moments of chaos. And you wouldn't be able to appreciate those each of those moments individually if you didn't have anything to compare it to. So say like there's a chaotic moment, you you kind of cut like flip it around and make it a beautiful moment afterwards, and you're able to appreciate like the next moment when you you do have a little bit of chaos or fun or energy with the, the calmer times in the music. Um, this may be a bit of a stretch um, because I mean I, I wasn't a big fan really of them either before learning this, but um, do you ever listen to much uh, Radiohead? Yeah, I used to listen to a lot of Radiohead. Um, when I was in like high school. So I'm familiar with like, what is it, Computer and like Kidae? Yeah. Yeah. And you might know the name of the song. I forgot the name of the song, but there was one I was watching. I, I like music documentaries. Um, mm-hmm. I was watching a music documentary talking about Radiohead. And uh, I think it was on the album after uh, Computer, mm-hmm. where there's a song where it's completely out of key and extremely chaotic, um, but then it bends out into like a very beautiful in key orchestra moment. Do you happen to know what song I'm talking about? No, I'm not too familiar. I haven't listened to it in years. I just knew okay. <laughs> them from childhood and I like, like them a lot then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Get the concept you're going with there though, where it's going from chaos to harmony mm-hmm. and that being a full visual or audio experience in itself. Yeah. 
come yeah. to appreciate the, the synchronicity of it more once you're yeah it's, well, it's very intentional yeah. when you artists like radiohead do stuff like that you know like they'll definitely write things out of key or i know some people who like change who pitch their songs like a few semitones up and down and so it's not perfectly like an a, an a. it's like a plus some <laughs> and that makes the song yeah. like feel totally different when they do that <laughs> definitely yeah. interesting yeah. because I, I feel like that's something an artist has to think about a lot is like how much like how much is the average listener going to be able to relate or understand or like be in you know in tune with what's going on in this song and how much experimentation are you putting into it yeah it's a hard line to write because like at the end of the day you're trying to write music or not the end of the day you're trying to write music that people will listen to but like if you want more people to listen to it you got to have like some element of like catchiness to it Um, yeah and and like things like tempo changes or key changes like can come not all the time because it would really shake up a listener but if it happened like maybe one song out of like 10 then you'd be like wow this song has a double change it's super freaking awesome because of that you know yeah. it's, it's not something you expect <laughs> either yeah yeah do you have any any artists that you can think of off the top of your head sorry but on the spot um that like are examples of, of like either of those like yeah odd profit um new song british gas there's like rapping on it but also like it changes tempos like four times and that song is crazy because of that you know and like um i get like mentorship under this program called defire society and he's one of the mentors and like over the last year he's been harping on like oh songs could should have or like streamable songs can have like tempo changes or like key changes and whatnot and people are just kind of afraid to bust that bubble where like oh 150 bpm dubstep sounds like 150 bpm dubstep and all the structures the same but he's like no if you try enough and experiment that you can like have these like moments where you change the tempo or moments where you change the key and that totally like shock the listener but also like um make them want to come back more for it you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah do you think that's the point where that is the artistry in it at that point as you're playing with the art form and you're messing with the tempo and you're in there, you know, working your craft as opposed to just sticking to that, that one just steady pulse. Yeah. If that makes sense. Cause then do you yeah, think you, I, I, you lose listeners at that point? Cause you almost just hypnotize them with the same sound forever. Then yeah. That's how I feel about it. It's like all the same, like BPM and like no one. So there's a lot of people who are afraid to try new things. Yeah. Um, another example of like key change, like underscores. Um, one of their songs, they hit a key change and like it come, becomes like a more energetic song because it went up like a, just one one key, you know. And I thought that moment was super cool. Definitely. Can you talk more about that that society you're in and that mentorship you're receiving? How'd you get involved in that? You know, how does that help you develop? Yeah, it's actually been super duper important. Yeah, it's been super duper important for me um, because I just like saw an ad on like Instagram or Facebook and I thought it was kind of like a scam. But then they were like showing me artists that were involved, like Ray Volpe, Odd Profit, and like these like dubstep guys that I kind of look up to. Um, And even though I don't even make dubstep, it's like cool because they're just an artist at the end of the day. They give you like valuable constructive feedback because they're an artist and made it in the industry. So it's not just like uh, mentorship and feedback on your songs, but also like development as you as your artist, your brand, um, things you can do to help boost that. So I've been a part of it for like probably like a year and a half now. Joined it like when the pandemic happened (laughs) because I just like go to the gym and stuff and that like was all my time. And then I pretty much flipped all that time to making music. Um, 
And so I was able to like quick cancel my gym membership so that I can afford this society. It's like a monthly uh, payment thing, but it's like over a thousand students. Um, and there's like feedback streams, like literally they're running all day from like people like Ivory, Odd Profit, Something Something, even like Slumberjack, um, High Low. And like I get like personal feedback and um, connection with all these artists and also the other students. And I think that's been really valuable for me just to have a professional set of ears on my music because I could send stuff to like friends or like people on Discord, but no one's really owing you any like constructive feedback. They just tell you what you, uh, what they think. But these yeah. people are getting paid to like invest time into you. And because yeah, of that, like they, they try a little harder and um, you get pretty in-depth feedback from them. Yeah, peer review it's almost like incubation too it sounds like a good incubator you know for your own artistic talent it's like a like an academy almost yeah it's basically basically an academy you know like you and these other students hop in the feedback streams you like comment on your on the track you're listening to and while the instructor's like listening and commenting too and everyone's just really supportive of each other which i like love definitely that's so bad and i think you had something important too i feel like um, like professional feedback is different than just like feedback you might get on from like friends or people from like Discord or things like that, which that's important too. But it's mm -hmm. different for somebody with like actual ears for what you're doing. Or, yeah. Like, experience. yeah, for sure. I have, uh, yeah, I have people I send to on Discord and then I have like people I send to on these feedback streams. And, you know, I expect different results because I know who I'm sending it to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the people on the streams would like give you like, oh, you need to get the low bass and like cut these hurts out of the song because yeah. xyz but like if i said it to my friend they're like oh something feels off and i'm not sure why and then it kind of goes into like a subjective conversation about like why it feels off instead of like a more objective one where from the stream so i get two sides of it which is really helpful yeah. and like capturing feeling which is important in music i think yeah yeah it's like two different types of peer review at that point so it's like subjective reaction that you're talking about with your friends and then the objective you know, review that you're getting from this community. And that's a really interesting point that you just made, you know, because both are important, but it's interesting that you get that objective, constructive, almost like feedback on the craft of, of producing music from this mm -hmm. community you're in. And then there's like, just the feeling like it feels right when you talk to, you know, the late like person just listening to music. It's interesting. Yeah, exactly. And so important, I think it's just cool that you're like, gravitating towards calling it uh i mean because it is a community too um mm -hmm. how you mentioned that like you essentially kind of gave up doing the gym you know for the most part to do this it's like switching one community but now that you're trying to find what you feel like you've um, fit in more to because i know a lot of people will, would consider the gym like a community for them yeah sure yeah i was big into powerlifting like um i would go to the gym like five days a week and ever since the pandemic hit and like all the gyms closed down and it was like really tough to go to the gym i like stopped <laughs> um, after trying for like a month and a half like looking at home i would just like stop like lifting all together like i decided okay well this is a good opportunity for me to, to do the thing i've always wanted to do which is do music but like try, try to take it seriously and see where i go and that's how i ended up here yeah was that so you said it you been doing music for since you were younger but you've kind of been taking it more seriously for about two years or so does that kind of correlate line up with the start of the pandemic and oh yeah for sure i think the pandemic was uh integral to me 
starting music again, you know. It's something I've always wanted to do, but I always like gone I went to school for university and after that got jobs and like just kind of like went to the gym route um and really loved that a lot. Um but then I got it taken away from me. So I had to find something else to fill the void. <laughs> something like the gym too. It's so hard to get back into it if you know you take a certain amount of time away. Yeah, it's really discouraging, but uh, I started going again, but I'm going to like cancel my membership because like uh, other life things, but like what a few times I did went, it was like kind of uh, re-motivating and like enlightening to be there again. Like I accept that I can't like lift as heavy as I used to be. Um, yeah. I'm not doing it for a competition anymore. I'm just doing it for fitness and like overall mental health and whatnot instead of like just different goals at different times. It's what I kind of accepted when I went back. <laughs> so you were doing powerlifting competitions for a bit then yeah we're doing powerlifting competitions like in the state of ohio and kentucky sweet yeah and that was really fun because everyone's like super duper again like fire society everyone's super duper supportive of each other um you show up for the person like compete you're competing against pretty much so <laughs> I, I think it, it wasn't too much of a difference a different change from moving gym community to music community in terms of like the support you get from people yeah, yeah. i was really surprised i, I never personally uh, were into was into powerlifting but i had friends that were um a pair of brothers actually that were like super into powerlifting i went to a couple of meets with them and it's like you're talking about it's it's really is like a family type feel you walk in like you know most of the people there like they're like hey what's up they're supportive they cheer you on they might help like help you warm up and things like that yeah. oh yeah it's awesome. <laughs> I've always had good experiences. And like after the first experience, I'm like, man, I really want to do this because I just like love the aura of the room at the time. Right. And uh, I'm training to like for this like one, one moment to like test myself, you know, so I got to make sure like all these hours are worth it. But also like if it didn't go out the way that I wanted to, it's OK, because you have all these people who so either like know the sport and are there to support you or just want to support you because you're like you. You're like friends like who don't even care about powerlifting, but just show up for you. And it's awesome. Yeah, great. I like there's so many things in life too that you get involved with because of like general interest and then even if that interest fades a little bit like you kind of stick around because of the community or like the other parts you get of it like it sounds like for you like the interest in powerlifting may have went down a little bit but like you still enjoyed like the the aspect of being around people that were supportive and things like that yeah, it, the interest definitely went down. It was also a big shock when I had to move um, cities. So I had built, like, gotten in with my community up in Columbus, Ohio. And I moved here and, like, started going to the gym. And, like, eventually, if you go long enough, people will recognize you and, like, talk to you and whatnot. But uh, especially because I'm an introvert, I don't really talk to people. But, like, at, over time, you kind of open up. Um, I didn't really get to that point here because everything closed down <laughs> two weeks of me being here. Um, so that kind of, like, discouraged me from like the idea of going back to the gym for a community but instead i just use that energy to focus it else elsewhere yeah yeah it's funny you mentioned um being an introvert do you think a good amount of this is generalities and your your perspective on it but do you think a lot of producers are uh more on the introverted side as as a whole yeah i would say it leans more towards the introverted side because i mean it's either that or just like we're extroverted like on the keyboard <laughs> but like in person like I'm just like so awkward there's an opportunity where I've got the like I could have like talked to Chet Porter or like more kismet and I just couldn't 
bring myself up to do it because I'm just like so anxious about the idea. <laughs> but I'm sure there's like if there's if I already feel this way, there's probably like thousands of other people who like feel the same as me. And again, the 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 other narratives like you're an extrovert and like you can get around and like talk to people, and that really lends a positive hand in your career development. I think because you're already comfortable talking to these people and making these connections. Whereas like <laughs> me, I'm just like really trying my hardest to even like stand in the same room as like Chet Porter you know <laughs> when he's just like talking to people casually <laughs> yeah I don't know how much of that comes with like like experience and just doing it too you know yeah, yeah. definitely like working the extrovert muscle you know I remember when I talked with Dante he was the individual that we were saying that we had that awkward moment with at the beginning of the episode but he's an introvert as well and a big thing he talked about in his journey as an artist was learning to like stretch that extrovert muscle even though he's not an extroverted person just getting in the room and forging those connections so that way like you were saying so he could build his career more and yeah get into rooms and, and give himself opportunities that he normally wouldn't get but he told me that that's not something he's naturally comfortable doing he'd rather just like know his people do his thing go to the show do what he likes to do and then go home and you know have his yeah own it's also tough because like you all everyone has a different agenda when you go to these shows like mm -hmm. going to these shows like hang out with my friends and like oh if i see someone it's it's not uh always opportune for me to like leave my friends to go to go talk to someone when like i'm just there for them you know yeah <laughs> yeah but i think opportunities will come um chances will be there that i'm not really sad about missing these opportunities um because it's only just like the start of my career yeah definitely this time um well one thing that we're i mean very excited to talk to you in general, but also something really exciting is that you're releasing some some music through us. So do you want to talk a little bit about the project that you're um, that you're releasing? Yeah, so um, I was planning on releasing an EP like at the end of summer, but the thing that held me up really was like artwork. Um, and that's been like a, like a six month process now is the artwork and like I had to like find a different artist because the current art, like the original artist um, didn't have time, uh, like full commitment to it and whatnot. And now I'm working with someone who did my latest artwork and they, I mean, they've got their other priorities and stuff too. So I'm just being more okay with being lenient with the idea of like, oh, I'm, I didn't have the summer release. I'm not gonna have the early fall. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I'm okay with like, oh, I already did the work and I'm just pretty much waiting and there's a little bit more work to do before it gets released. So I thought it'd be special um, to do like just a YouTube premiere with y'all um, of the EP. Um, just cause uh, one, it's, it's pretty much been sitting on my drive and I just really want to share it, but <laughs> there's like no way for me to do that without the artwork. Um, thinking like business marketing wise, uh, artwork's like super duper important for marketing. And if you don't have that yet, then it's like, okay, well, what you can, what can you do is just like drop it on SoundCloud and like hope for the best. But I want to say I'm a little more strategic with that stuff. Um, so I just want to try to do it this way and um, hope people enjoy it. And then when it finally comes on the streaming platforms, people are able to play it again um, in a more convenient way than YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, we really uh, appreciate you you trusting us with that. And it's really, it's really cool. It's, uh, um, it's got some great music in it. And, you know, 
I mean, I totally get that, like having a, a you know legit artist do real you know artwork for it is important. But I think, did you put together the the, the visual for it? <laughs> yeah, the visual was just a straight up like video loop. I googled and my logo that's just like <laughs> looping for like fifteen minutes. Um, I don't have like a graphic intensive computer like i got this computer just to make music so like there's no graphic cards or anything so anytime i want to do anything video related it takes me forever like i had to render a set of me just driving in my car and then i would do like busy video effects with it and it took me like literally 24 hours to render the video an hour long video <laughs> so um like speaking realistically i wouldn't have been able to done a, an hour long set for y'all <laughs> um, <laughs> even if i wanted to just because of time and whatnot timing and whatnot but i'm glad it worked out this way and you turn it to something a little special with the ep release um on with you guys yeah dude that's a real barrier that's something we weren't you know thinking was going to be a problem when we first started up this podcast but like having the right technology to to process some of the videos like at first yeah. we were like oh we can because we, before we have a you know, a better laptop now, previous, like, to that, we had this couple of junky laptops, we're like, oh, we could do a two-hour video, three-hour video, and just process it, no problem, and they're like, oh, no, it's going to take 48, 72 hours, yeah, like, three days or something, yeah, yeah, it's nuts, like, this video stuff takes way longer than the music, and I, I'm big props to people who do it, because I, I cannot, I don't have the patience to even export a three-minute song sometimes, <laughs> let, let alone, like, an hour-long podcast, <laughs> <laughs> for real um but you, you you touched on something about the artists and artists and, and obviously I don't want you to like call anybody out or anything but it seems to be a recurring theme when we talk to um uh, people at this stage of their their career as an artist that they have a hard time finding people to match their buy-in or their commitment to what they're trying to do um but it sounds like you're kind of you're trying to work on um being okay with that right yeah i mean there's things that you can't control, like, you know, but one of the things that you can't control is like people's level of commitment, unless it's like contractual and whatnot. And I don't want to make this thing as like, like the friend that's doing my art now, it's like, I've known them for like a few years now. And like, it's not really like a contractual thing. It's like, oh, you're really cool. You do stuff in the same vein of like what I want my artistic vision to be, and uh, I want to get stuff from you. And however long it takes them, it's like okay with me because I know they're gonna get quality work. Like I wish I was at my my apartment. I'm at my partner's right now, but like uh, they literally like made me a canvas of my artwork for Feel Alive, and I thought that was so cool. And they're doing that for the EP art too. So um, I think that's that the whole special part of like oh you're supporting a friend you're getting a physical copy and also like you get to use this for your music it's like super awesome for me <laughs> that's so cool man that's awesome yeah so when did you um start like just toying around with music when you were younger you know two years ago is when you kind of got serious about it but it takes back to to randy when he first started like getting involved in music at all yeah randy who got involved in music got uh, was jealous of his sister in third grade because she was in first grade and he, she got piano lessons and I was like oh this is kind of cool mom and dad can I do piano lessons um, so I went up from there and then when I turned 10 I got a guitar I started guitar doing guitar lessons and doing piano lessons and then after some time I was like well I actually hate the lesson structure <laughs> I'd much rather like noodle on my own and try to figure it out myself uh, so I kind of like rejected the idea of doing lessons and like abandoning all that and that kind of led to me just like not 
being so talented or skilled like with the piano or guitar but I, I can get around enough and uh, that was enough for me to like play songs on guitar play songs on piano within my skill level and then finally eventually like I would like listen to people like Owl City and hearing electronic music for the first time like that I was like well, how do you do this and they definitely have to do this on a computer right and after doing some research I found Ableton as a torrent and just pretty much played with Ableton and NFL um, throughout high school and stopped during college and then picked them back up again um, in the last two, three years. Yeah, so also I had a set of drums in college from one of my roommates. <laughs> they are like, oh, you, would it be cool if I brought drums to the apartment? I'm like, I think it'd be loud, but it'd be fun too. So I just started playing drums there. So I can play a total of like, piano guitar bass guitar drums and then whatever i can do on the computer is what i call my skill set instrumentally <laughs> nice what a college thing to do like oh, i just have mm-hmm. i have a drum set at the house you know yeah. i was <laughs> I did the same thing too it's like yeah it's like mad loud and like i bought like bought my current guitar in college because like i just had this like hundred dollar fender uh, but then i saw like a telecaster put on craigslist from this guy and like okay well I have 250 bucks and that's how much he wanted and it's been like my baby ever since you know <laughs> it's a sign yeah I feel feel that uh but those 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 uh initial instruments they you know the ones you still have your uh hundred dollar fender or not yeah I think it's in my parents house right now um, <laughs> I never knew what a guitar a good guitar felt like so I, I had my current one because like I guess guitarists can tell you like the height of the string versus the fretboard it matters because like my old guitar it would be like almost a half an inch higher and that would make pressing the strings down harder but my current guitar like this strings are so much lower to the fretboard and made it a lot easier to play i'm like wow there's i bet there's even nice guitars where the strings are like hardly even touching the fretboard yeah. and you can play it like that <laughs> um but you can't afford those things but it's okay i like love what i have right now when you play, it makes a huge difference. Like I remember um, before I learned um, or played guitar very much, I'd go to like a guitar shop and you'd pick up the really expensive ones just for fun. And you're like, oh, I don't see why this is so much money. But once you like get into it, you're like, oh, that's why this is this instrument is so expensive. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was watching the Son Holo documentary about Baby You Okay, and he went to the guitar store and like I think he ended up picking up the cheaper guitar because he liked how it sounded better. How like how it felt better, and like he had yeah. he has access to every single guitar in that store pretty much like in terms of like financial. <laughs> um, yeah. But he ended up picking like the the least expensive one just because he liked it better, and I think that's like so important to acknowledge because like it's not the expensive things that you wanted that could make you who you are or what you like what you do just like how you do how you use it <laughs> exactly and and you can make something beautiful really out of anything and i think that's a really cool part about edm is you don't have to have the nicest things ever the most yeah. expensive equipment like if you know if you're trying to convey uh something and you're good at capturing that with whatever it is you have then you got something yeah yeah i know a lot of people who like produce on like audacity and like even me thinking about producing on Audacity would, feels like a nightmare because that program is like so old looking and like not Ableton, you know, I'm so new right. like people produce on this thing that I used to like, like edit like bootleg clips of music just for like funny YouTube videos and people actually make full like length songs with like legit production on Audacity. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> you're like way above me, but you're using it, you're, you're, you're tools to your craft. And I really, I really appreciate that. 
I'm so sorry. We lost your audio again. I'm not sure. Oh. Oh. I think it's me flipping my hands around. <laughs> no, I don't know. It seems to correlate with that, but I don't know how that would be. Because <laughs> like these headphones like pick up sound, and if I'm like uh-huh. near them with like wind or air, it's gonna flip it off. I'm sure you, you're gonna hate me for doing this right now, but <laughs> I, I'll try to stop. It. I, I like talking with my hands. <laughs> Those are some fancy headphones. Those huh? are. Yeah. Take like frequencies in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's see. Um, I had a question lined up in my head and it completely just fell out of my head when I went to go ask it. It happens. It happens it sometimes. Might be the I got to reach for it. No, I had to, ah, oh, it's okay. This is a jump back. That's why I forgot it. So, you mentioned how you got into piano and guitar was kind of. Um, not a jealousy, but you saw your sister do anything like, oh, I kind of want to do that. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. Is your, is your sister still um, doing anything musical? Is she still doing piano? Or... I have no idea. I haven't really talked to her about like what she does musically. I know she wasn't as committed as I was. Um, like she, we would do like, we've all paid lessons, but and we would do what we can to like do enough for the next lesson. But then she never played music like outside of lessons for like things she like enjoyed like I would like play Blink-182 songs and like learn a whole concert <laughs> so I could just <laughs> rock out in my room <laughs> late at night but I never saw her do things like that so I don't know where she's at with it right now but yeah we kind of started together and then I just kind of uh took it off with it <laughs> I think it's so interesting like it's like lessons suck up until a point where you can if you enjoy it do something that's fun for you like people that are starting out with guitar I'm like just get the basics and get to a point where you can learn a song and then once you yeah. can start playing songs like it gets a lot a lot easier in my opinion it becomes more fun you become more invested mm-hmm. and just yeah. like sitting there playing like a scale or something right or it's like yeah you appreciate that structure after you kind of fall in love with whatever the medium is mm-hmm. for the artwork. So like once you actually love guitar, then you look back at the scales and like, oh, this actually applies yeah. to doing cool stuff that I care about, as opposed to when you're just doing the lessons. It's like this just uh, this procedural and sucks. It, it might yeah. 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 Like I never got to learn like arpeggios and those I thought were so cool, but that required so much practice um for me to even like get with the muscles in the hands to get to get even like do it really slow you know yeah. uh, but it's always so amazing to like know people and see friends who can like shred up and down it's like <laughs> i can't do that but it's, it's super awesome that you can <laughs> um, what did, it's interesting when you're talking about um like and like I realized that lessons sucked and just lessons weren't for you. I feel like a lot of people that gravitate towards, now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of people that gravitate towards producing and um, sometimes towards EDM are those type of people mm. that like the, I mean, the structure and this, the, you know, the theory behind music is, you know, interesting to them, but they mm. prefer to like just play on their own and essentially compose instead of just like playing a certain instrument and certain melody. They're like, I'd rather just like go outside of the lines and create something entirely. Yeah, I thought the idea of creating music is, has always been awesome. I always always wanted to be in like a pop punk band when I was younger. And like, that's why I was playing guitar a lot and listening to like Blink-182 and all them. But I didn't have, again, the introvert me, didn't have the social skills to like go out to shows and like 
socialize and network with people who could also play instruments. I only had like this one friend who uh, we ended up liking Blink-182 and meeting in high school and just playing at, at home for a little bit, but that was never anything serious. Um, so I, that kind of caused me to look towards the idea of like doing everything by myself and what <laughs> better way to do it by yourself is like produce your own music <laughs> where you could like literally like program the drums do the guitar, sing in your mic, you know, all that um, by yourself. And you, it's not a live act, so you can't do everything at once. But at the end of the day, it's a, a song is a song. No matter who, how many times you have to sing it or do it by yourself, it, it, you did it yourself, you know, or with others. <laughs> kind of like by step or side step, having to work with, I mean, having to work with other people, you can do it entirely alone, but then you have instances where you kind of um, can choose to work with other people, which is a segue into something I want to ask you about. Oh man, I'm forgetting the, the individual's name, but you worked on a song with, I think it's, that did die on me. No. I don't think we do. Well, we're going to cut this. It's going to be off the part. <laughs> Actually, I think we do have I'll be right back, Randy. No problem. That's, that's funny. Do you feel like when you, now that you can connect with people online and through forums, does that help with the introversion? Yeah, it's a lot easier. And like, I mean, when I talked to Corbin for the first time, I think that's what we're alluding to. Um, like, we he wanted to talk on the phone, and like, that's also daunting to me to talk to someone on the phone. So, but after like conversing on on the internet with a lot of people, I think I'm just becoming more comfortable with the idea that I have to work with people if I yeah. want to make it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think it helps you get farther and quicker probably. And it helps you with your creative process, I would guess too. Just get different different inputs, different perspectives, kind of like you were talking about earlier, you know, in the group you're in right now. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like you got some great people you're working with in that group too, which is, I mean, that sounds like it's great for you. You know? Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. It's it's just, like really funny because like a lot of the mentors and whatnot are making like EDM like heavy dubstep and whatnot, and I'm like sitting yeah. in these like <laughs> these like lighter tracks that are, like more pop, and they they still give like great feedback, but it's like it's so stark for them to like listen to like three sessions of tear out, and then like you have like one like pop song come through, and then like more tear yeah. out. Like, All right. <laughs> uh, which I think is like so integral to my growth because like i love like that harder edm type stuff it's just like i don't want to want to i want to produce or or, like release pretty much i can produce it but i just not want something i want to release um so i just like love learning all the techniques and using thinking about how they could apply to what i'm doing right now yeah it's just like you see all the tools in the toolbox then you're figuring out how to express what you feel is right to you sounds Mm -hmm. like from what i'm hearing from you right now yeah so do you, will you produce other types of uh, music that you don't release? Like, do you have like dubstep songs and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, nothing ever recent, but I, I think I have the ability to do that type of stuff if I ever wanted to. And mm-hmm. like, I do want to play with the idea with like releasing more like heavier EDM and then also like releasing even lighter stuff or like more popular, catchier stuff. Um, it just really depends on the mood. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, do you think your style has been relatively consistent, you know, throughout your life as to what you like to produce? Do you feel like that's changed with age or with experiences? Uh, I think all my influences have, have been compounding 
So like starting when I was young, like doing hip, like liking hip hop and then liking pop punk. I still like those things now, you know, like, and then like, I just expand my catalog of music and influences I like, and that pretty much sums up to who I am now. So yeah. because of that, I think my style in producing has been kind of consistent. Um, I just <laughs> gravitate, gravitate towards like these ideas and things um, as a, a lot of people do and you kind of stick with it and it's because you like it <laughs> and you never feel a need to change um, until you do. What would be some of, um, your, what would you consider to be like more of your um, obvious influences, at least with what you release as monsoons, like some of your music mm. influences and what are some of your like, uh like less noticeable influences but things that you really draw inspiration from yeah uh i think the obvious influences are like people like son holo porter robinson chet porter like the whole bitboard label amazing i would love to be on there one day that's like definitely a goal of mine um they're like latest compilation album is like so cool because there's so many different styles and i want to like capture like all those styles at some point in my music mm -hmm. and somehow they all fit in with the bedboard world and i think that's like the, the coolest and most special part about it um all the other obvious influences is like the pop punk like really catchy um faster music energetic um usually done in like major scales but also like singing about sad stuff so it's kind of complex that way like emo music yeah. and then like the, the non-traditional or not obvious I like all the hip-hop I listen to um, just like radio hip-hop pretty much nothing too underground or um and then like the, the dubstep and like the this heavy trap you know like I love that stuff <laughs> and I just love the energy of it but so I'm, I'm hoping I'm able to capture some of it sometimes moments of music but um not the main focus yeah <laughs> Do you have any any sort of like guilty pleasures when it comes to music? <laughs> you seem pretty open as it is, so I, like it doesn't seem like it would. Yeah, be. I think like guilty pleasures are like the two thousands R and B, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think we're at the age where like oh, man, everyone like around like twenty mid twenties thirties like loves the two thousand R and B. That was such a golden age of music, though. Like the early two thousands <laughs> was just so good. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, I don't know. It's nothing hit the same ever since to be honest <laughs> but i think that's why it's a timeless classic because you can't ever recreate it um you can just like appreciate it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That, saying that though i feel so old like there's a golden age of music yeah back in my <laughs> yeah, day back, yeah. back in my day <laughs> yeah. there's some boomers oh that's a good segue we have a quote from you uh, talking about, um, I can't pull it up, so um, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase it. But essentially, is you're, you're no, it's not working. You're a fresh. Oh, it is working. But you're that. ye of little faith. Ye of little faith. You got to trust the mouse. You know. Yeah, trust the mouse. Um, you're essentially uh, frustrated because you're trying to figure something out on Discord, there. and I didn't even know. Oh, so also you Discord goons. How the fuck do you sort your servers? I feel like I'm a boomer at this point because it takes me forever to find what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know how people do it on discord because you can only have a folder of four servers and then you can make multiple folders but i just wish there was like a like an app screen like on your iphone you know you could like pick servers that way but it's all like lined up on 
the left side of my screen and I have to scroll down to go to like other servers and like <laughs> prioritizing servers and whatnot. And like I'm joining and leaving so many. It's just so hard for me to keep track of sometimes. And like sometimes I miss conversations. People are like pinging me <laughs> from like weeks ago because yeah. I'm just not looking. <laughs> so I don't know how to make it more efficient, but it's, I guess it's a struggle I'm still going through. Do you see it as important to try and keep up with, with certain things as an artist or uh, yeah. feel like you try to figure out even if you weren't trying to put out music? Um, what do you mean? Like, is this something like getting in Discord and certain things like that? Is that something you feel like you'd be doing if you weren't releasing music? Or is that something you're strictly doing because you're trying to keep up with like your, your audience? Uh, I guess when I was playing games with friends, I would use Discord, but there's like small servers, like less, less than 10 people. And then now I'm jumping into communities of like hundreds of thousands of people. And it's been like very uh, like important for me in my music growth because like these people, all of them have something to say or something that they could do to help you. It's whether or not you like make the action to like connect with them, um, whether that be in the servers, like, or like in the servers and talking or just like DMing them on the side after you just like introduce yourself just to have a conversation. I'm sure that people appreciate that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's also like Patreons that have Discord communities and I'm a part of one with done by former hero at Park. And uh, those guys have been like super duper awesome because they do feedback on my tracks just like the fire society but they also like host like listening parties or like do discord sets or like just talk to people like in their free time and we've like become friends because of it and i feel like really connected to them even though we've never met <laughs> and like um mike's or former heroes latest set he like uh, asked for one of my songs to play in it and i thought that was like super awesome right. like, we, we built a, a relationship and i'm using that relationship i'm able to like enter that space and get a little exposure so I think for a lot of people, Discord's underused, uh, but also a lot of people use it really well. Um, yeah, congratulations, man. It's fantastic. Cool. He's like the biggest former hero fan on the planet right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, I love his new albums. Yeah, beautiful musician. Yeah. So congratulations. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's that's. A, I feel like that's connections that could happen in, in, in real life, RL, but like it's... So much more accessible, it seems like, you know, in, in, in like internet form. Yeah, it's so much accessible, and especially because like former hero lives in like the UK in like yeah. Park Lives. I don't know where Park Lives right now, but like <laughs> these people live all over the place. And like there's these moments of time where you're all afraid you can talk. But like most of the times we're all busy doing our thing, our thing. But like if you're able to take advantage of this little moments where you're online and free, then a lot can happen in those yeah. like 10, 15 minutes, you know. How cool is that feeling hearing your track get played out by by former hero? Uh, it was super awesome. Like I sent in a different track because he was asking for music on his Twitter, and uh, he just ended up asking for one I had already released because it fit more. And like that whole experience is like, wow! I like look up to you so much. We're like friends now, and you want to play my music because of that. It, it, it also because probably you like it, you know. <laughs> and yeah. it's kind of surreal feeling. Um, it, pushes me to like want to be on Bitport even more because he releases there um, and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like just the structure of EDM is such a, it's so cool because there's ways for artists to pay respect and to like acknowledge other artists by, you yeah. know, like playing their songs, by being a part of the creative process and, you know, like just playing the song for like uh, an artist that may not have as much of a viewer base. Like that's a huge, it's a huge thing you can do for somebody. 
yeah it's, just, it's really big and they have a lot of like power <laughs> to do that stuff and i think it like lends like if you're able to take advantage or like get into like their lens pretty much and like uh have them like do stuff for you like play your song then it could be huge for you i think um, there's so many artists that like get one song played out and people are like what song is that and it's like from this like no-name artist and like maybe months later they blow up because of that you know yeah <laughs> yeah that's 100 percent how like i was i got on to to former heroes i heard a song and song all of set and i was like what in the actual fuck is that yeah and then yeah just a bunch of research and found oh my god yeah and then he's like playing some new songs on his album like some of the album songs on on the tour and i've heard, seen videos and it goes off you know so you're like so so happy because you know how much someone works for music when they hear their song go off it makes you like even more excited for yourself like oh, i can't wait till one of these guys play it live you know i'll yeah. go crazy I'll, I'll probably like cry uh, <laughs> what uh um what are some of your favorite parts of uh new album I think my favorite song swims best, but yeah. I think there's so many like cool parts in the album because like after meeting him and connecting with him, we like connected on like all the music we listened in high school because him and I are pretty much the same age. So we grew up listening to like very similar things, even though we lived like an, an ocean apart. <laughs> uh, we were able to connect that way. And I think that, that just made it more special because I can hear the influences in his album <laughs> because the, the, we experienced like similar things in our childhood you know yeah. <laughs> yeah so cool man that's so cool yeah and talking like jumping back to what we were talking about before talking about you know somebody who um very much uh, introduces a lot of chaos into his music i feel like he's a good he's a good example of that some of the some of the ways he like just disregards like not disregards song structure but like challenges kind of what you're what you're expecting as a listener is so interesting yeah, I love so talking about song structure because like there's a lot of like formulaic ways you could write a song. And then what are things that you could do as an artist to break out of that formula? And there's like the world is your oyster, but you also have to like make it make it make sense sometimes. And like some songs are just so interesting to me because like there's like one drop and the whole song is like building up for like three minutes and then <laughs> there's this insane drop. And like sometimes they're like, okay, well, it's intro, build up, drop, breakdown build up drop you know it's like okay what, what can we do different here and i never really want to fall into that formula uh, when i'm writing music and i think there's a lot of people i look up to that aren't well i've completely disregarded that formula at all and altogether and it works for them mm -hmm. i wonder do you think i wonder if it's because it's from my perspective i'm starting to be more into artists that um do this or do you see it as like a trend in music that uh challenging like kind of norms for music is becoming more popular or do you think it's just, it's been the same throughout time but maybe our interest in, in that type of music is growing does that question make sense or am i rambling uh i think it makes sense um i think all people have always been challenging things it's just like how far are you willing to challenge it mm -hmm. and then you also kind of have to like consider things like oh do you want you to make your song DJable? do you even care about that because like some songs have like extra bars here and there like it makes it harder for the dj to dj the songs but like at the end of the day if that's why you're writing music then uh, i'm not really sure <laughs> if i agree with like that stance of like oh you're writing music to get a dj i'm like okay i'm just writing music because i'm i love writing music <laughs> you know it's kind of your intent going into it maybe yeah it's definitely intent yeah 
So what was what was talking intentions? What was your intent when um, you got to that point about two years ago when the pandemic hit and you're kind of looking around like, oh, well, I can't go to the gym really much anymore. I've always wanted to do this music thing. You know, did you did you think through your intentions or was it something that felt natural? You just started doing it. Like, how did that play out? Yeah, it, it kind of felt natural. I, I went through phases of doing things that weren't music, like play games or it was mostly playing games is all I could be was inside. Um, but after I got tired of that, because like I realized, like, well, I'm never going to get like that good. Um, and I'm not really having fun all the time. And I think music was something I've always had fun with. If I were to it's just like sit in a room and do it for like 16 hours, which I've done before. Um, insane, but like, I had fun the whole time doing it. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just an awesome time sink. And I think it's productive and like challenging for my mind <laughs> to do stuff like that. Um, intentionally, I don't know. It's always been a dream to like release music, go on tour and like meet people and like do this for a living. So I think the opportunity was just there for me to take it. And if I didn't take it, I'd be doing something else. <laughs> Um, and I think it was something we were talking about before we started recording the podcast, but uh, I don't think we've touched on it since we started, actually. But um, right now you're working as an electrical engineer uh, in Chicago, yeah. essentially why you moved out there, right? Um, mm -hmm. how, how was it talking to people that may have su supported you or known you as uh, Randy, the electrical engineer? Not that you're not that anymore, but trying to introduce another like part of yourself, like, hey, I'm, I'm serious about music now. Yeah, um, it's it's been different because like I'm becoming more comfortable with the idea that like this music person is also this person who's an engineer. Um, so like every just here now and then like I would mention music as like a conversation topic or like the other day my coworker asked me and um, we had never talked about this before like oh what are your hobbies I'm like oh I make music and then they're just asking me about it and like oh. Is, there, is it okay if we like listen to you on your like SoundCloud or Spotify? Like then I linked it to them, but it's not ever something that like, oh, hey guys, I'm gonna go home and make music, you know? Like yeah. that's only a part of me and it, I'm becoming more comfortable with the idea that the people I work with know um, that I do this. Cause I also like, I don't know, posting post on social media while you're in work hours. Like, well, what do you think about that? <laughs> I don't know. It could be a company culture thing or just something that they <laughs> wouldn't want you to do, but also could be supporting you, but you never know until you try it. So I'm just kind of walking on like shallow water with that idea now, but all my friends know, like my personal friends know that I make music and that's like pretty much who I am at the end of the day. So they're all really supportive of that. And they like, know that's like part of my personality. Yeah. What well, do you feel like that's a deeper, that's like, that's more real to who you are. You are, you're more Randy, the person, that's your passion, right? It's, it's yeah. Amazing. Like when we were talking before we started recording, you said like, this is really your dream. This is what you actually love doing. This is what you want to spend all your time doing. And then the electrical. Mm -hmm or it's kind of just on the side or it's something that you are doing, but it sounds like getting into music or being Randy, the music guy is more authentic to who you are. Would you say that's. Yeah, it's definitely more authentic. I think me being an engineer, it's just like the logical thing to do. Like how can I support myself using the means and the ability that I have and the yeah. engineer just made sense um, after going through school for it and whatnot. It's like kind of hard to leave at this time, but um, it's not something I'm like trying to rush out of all the time. Cause like, I like the security of like the job and I like my coworkers and like the buildings we do and like the work we do is like super cool. 
it's just not my at the end of the day passion but I'm okay with that because <laughs> it, it's something I'm good at and I also do enjoy it yeah. I think that's like totally you know not that you're looking for validation and that but like talking about my own life like that's totally okay to have things that may not be exactly what you want to do but is uh, making um, you know ends meet essentially and just like serving a purpose in your life um, while you kind of dip into other passions you know yeah and it's definitely a, like a safety net you know if this music stuff that never worked out and that'd be okay you know and I think thinking about future me if I'm able to continue down this engineering route I'd be able to give enough opportunity and like support to like my children who like if they wanted to do music and this is all they wanted to do and they didn't want to go the route I did because they they can afford it now you know my parents didn't grow up very wealthy I didn't grow up very wealthy so I decided to do something more like financially stable because of that <laughs> yeah well financially stable um I don't know if practical is the right word but something yeah it's more market return yeah right off the bat mm, for sure well, I mean, music, if you get a market return on music, it's ginormous, but I would say, right? I don't know. I'm talking. <laughs> we always do a segment, Randy. Like, it's like talking about stuff I'm not qualified to talk about. I into it. I feel like I, I usually do it and I sidestep into it. But my opinion is I would think you make a lot of money off music on yeah. the shows after a certain point. Yeah, it takes, yeah. It takes a long time. Yeah, it does. It takes time and you got to do, do it the right way. Like, there's... I always think it's sad to think about there's a good amount of artists out there like big name artists that um, don't make a lot of money off of their their name and likeness because um, they uh, sorry this isn't placing blame on the artist it's just kind of how the music industry can be um, they might step into a deal that doesn't isn't too flattering for them mm-hmm. not knowing it earlier on in their career and then they're kind of stuck to that and I think that's unfortunate so I'm not trying to sound like a Debbie Downer more just more no, we're just trying to look at it realistically like what yeah. happens yeah yeah this is a lot of like heavy things with the music industry that like, prevents people from like doing what they love because like they have to like also support themselves somehow you know yeah. and that if that means giving in to a deal that you don't love then sometimes you have to do that if that's all you can do right yeah or i mean you see some artists now creating their own labels like bitbird even and then selling mm-hmm. merchandise and then making money and, and keeping some of that authenticity of who they are and then getting a tighter knit fan base. I think that's really awesome to watch, and especially with Bitford. I think that's extremely motivating because it's like they still keep that authenticity and that small size and that good connection with their audience, at least outside looking in. That's what mm-hmm. it's like, which is motivating because we, we've talked with some guests. And I don't like seeing creative people get discouraged because they feel like they can't pursue what they love because they're going to have to like sell their soul to somebody. I just think yeah. that's, it's counterproductive to the creative, creative expression. I think, or it's counter runs contrary to it. Yeah. Yeah. The whole music industry itself just runs very contrary to what, what the artists should want. And yeah. Do, yeah. You know, Are you, well, you know, and, and to put a positive spin on things, I think, um, not that you aren't, you're very positive and optimistic, but um, the idea of having a safety net or something to keep your uh, boat afloat while you're pursuing the music is a way to maybe kind of sidestep some of those challenges. Like, like you're, you're doing okay, you can you know provide for yourself and then you don't have to maybe make some of those sacrificial, sacrifice, sacrificial, sacrificial. Special, uh, decisions that maybe a, an, another artist in your, in your place may not have the opportunity to not take those, those opportunities. 
yeah, yeah. I'm definitely in a good position where I don't have to say yes to everything. <laughs> you know? Yeah, which is nice. No, that's a powerful spot, though, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. If you like need that to eat, you know, like, you're desperate at that point. But if you got you got something, you're taking care of yourself. That's less concerning. You know, you can mm-hmm. say maybe not that. Maybe not the label that's forcing me to put anime on my album. You know, not you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely an experience for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, talking about artwork though I'm really impressed with like a lot of the artwork that you do put out and you mentioned before we started recording how important like the the artwork alongside the music is for you Um, is that just because it makes it a complete package for you or is that just how you see how you put things out and then like who do you um, how do you go about uh, getting your art for your for your music yeah, so my first two releases to take in, and I don't know why, they both were using like this VHS template for Photoshop I found online. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I like, I like love looking for like free online resources and just kind of bootlegging yeah. what, what I think off, like off of that, bouncing yeah. off of that. Um, but then after that, I just realized like, oh, if I want to focus more on music and kind of less on the artwork, I'd be able to re- outsource that. And I think uh, like reaching out on Discord, just having like artistic friends. I've like met a lot of people through college that are just artistic and like how that's gonna support them through their craft with my craft <laughs> by sort of like, you know, investing on in the artwork and asking them like, hey, could you do a commission for me? And like the person who did Can't Forget is like the out their first commission. Um, and I really hope that like it gave them the confidence to like, continue doing this because like, they, they also work a job like me, corporate, and they also do their own art on the side. And like, because like we were able to connect and push each other that way, I think it makes it even more special because we're friends. Um, but usually now I have someone who I met through college is doing my artwork, the canvas person. Uh, but there's people, a lot of people on like Twitter and Discord who do artwork and you just kind of have to find the right fit. And it took me a long time to kind of like imagine my vision for what my artwork might be and i think the person doing my artwork now is like kind of captured that vision with like all the watercolor and like the really drippy and like rainy artwork it's really unique i think <laughs> i haven't really seen much around it around a lot like it um whereas like there's so many like people who are doing similar things on twitter it's hard to escape that bubble sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does seem like a lot of the a lot of it is unique, but it also seems very like pinpoint on like some of the music you're putting out. It sounds like it kind of goes with the vibe and the sound of um, the music, and that's really cool. It took you some time, but you found somebody you feel like you mesh with, and uh, yeah, definitely. Otherwise, I'd be trying to do it by myself, and that's just like another headache in itself. Just artwork yeah. is like not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> So did you so did you do the, the artwork for um Eddie KY, the one with the, the ocean and the cool like- Yeah, that's a picture uh I took like I used to live by the lake here in Chicago and I would like walk out to the lake and just hang out there like on weekend mornings. And it was just like a cool picture I found on my phone and I just took it and distorted it and kind of like rounded it out and that became the photo. Um and I I like, really love the idea of like taking a photo and like reimagining it. <laughs> Um, and that's what happened with the Feel Alive uh, artwork cover. That's another f- picture I took of me just driving home from the dentist's office, actually, listening to the song. And like, oh, this, this would be a cool album art photo. I don't know. If I, I, could, I could just do what I did for I don't know why again, if nothing ever worked out. But it ended up working out really well. So 
Yeah, you kind of you find yourself having those bursts of creativity like that kind of frequently, and then you go in and you just create something quickly. Because I mean, you had that post relatively recently where you you started singing again, but you wrote that song, and then you were, you like went out, produced it, and then had the artwork for it. And, and it was that was a pretty quick process? Is that ringing bells? What I'm talking about right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Like I three do, posts. Definitely do yeah. have definitely have the bursts of creativity. <laughs> It's also, yeah, it's hard to find those moments where you can, like, have the energy and the motivation to do that stuff. And you do a lot of things to, like, uh, increase those chances of you having that motivation. But I really love taking the moment I have when I do have it and just running with it. And I think that's how most of my stuff comes out. (laughs) For sure. Oh, and totally agree with this description, but we saw in your bio that uh, you make music with the hopeless romantic and heart, which I really appreciate. Um, what, what do you think that like makes what, how do you define a hopeless romantic and would you consider yourself a hopeless romantic? Um, I think so. I, my favorite movie is like those romantic comedies where the guys like yearning for this girl, like they just got into a relationship and then now they're going through some struggles and I like, <laughs> love those cheesy ones, but also like love ones like 500 days of summer, or, like eternal sunshine and spotless mind. yeah you know what i mean like those types of movies are super awesome to me um but favorite type of movie for sure and that that plus like listening to all like the pop punk and all they would sing about is like these girls in high school and how (laughs) they're like not good enough for them or something like that you know and like that kind of all influenced like my idea of being like a hopeless romantic and i've always like yearned about the day like oh i get to you know show so much how much i love them and like uh and now I get to write music about that. And I think that's a really important part of my music. <laughs> does, it, um, does it change the, the way you write? Because um, you mentioned earlier, you said you're, you're at your partner's place. Does it, is it different for you writing music in the mindset of a hopeless romantic if you're with um, somebody currently? Does that change? Like, the, have you noticed a change the type of music that you write? Uh, honestly, I don't think so. I, I think yeah. I write in a lens of not myself, but like someone similar to me. So like someone who's had all the right experiences, but also didn't, hasn't had all the experiences had other different experiences. Um, I think that's who like Monsoons is, is like not me directly, although it is me, but like the music I write about isn't just reflective of me myself, you know, it's like, I'm kind of like how an author writes a book about a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like write about yeah. a character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's cool. That's cool. That's really cool, actually. That was a beautiful description. Yeah. That's a cool way of looking at it. Like, of, like creating that character and that that's your artistic. I'm going to say character again for persona. But, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like how you channel that energy and you create yeah. that Yeah, you can like write a story about it, you know, like it doesn't have to be directly from experience, but your your feelings and stuff from the experience that you've gone through play into it if you if you want it to be, if you want it to, you know. Yeah, oh, I totally get that. Yeah, it's not like essentially it's not your ego being involved in that. It's just it's like entering a space, you know. And yeah, the space, which is that hopeless romantic internal sunshine of the spotless mind. You know, five hundred days of summer. You know, angsty, beautiful, chaotic, harmonious emo. <laughs> yeah, you know that's cool. That's, very yeah, cool. that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you've mentioned a couple of times um, 
like pop punk, like emo. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you're younger, what were some of your go-tos? I got to know. Like 182 is definitely my favorite pop punk band. I grew up listening oh. to them and like resonated with like every single song they had, <laughs> especially in high school when I was just like an angsty teenager. Yeah. Um, but then like people like A Day to Remember, um, Panic at the Disco, and then you can even go back to like the Get Up Kids and Wonder Years or Neck Deep. Just like all these bands with like four people, four or five people, and they just kind of like sing about like high school or sing about being a young adult. And that's like kind of what I dreamt about being. And now I resonate being with now. Um, dreamt about being while I was in high school and then now resonating with more now that I'm older. <laughs> yeah, I always think that's a trip going back and listening to some of the music that you listen to when you're younger, especially that type of music. That it made a lot of sense when you said that. It's like the feeling of what it's going to be like to be a young adult. And almost like as a teenager, you're kind of yearning for that. And then you get here and you re-listen to it. And it's like, oh shit, that's what it's like. <laughs> you relate to it in a, in a different way. Yeah. yeah, like you never really understand like what it means to be like 24 and broke until you're actually 24 and broke. But you could be like <laughs> 14 and broke, but it's not the same because you're like still living at home, you know, like you have all these like home amenities if you're lucky and privileged enough to have those things when you're 14. But... So, you know, it's different if you like move out to the city and like realize you have to pay a hell of bills because yeah. you live in the city now. Um, yeah. and now you have no money to eat. Yeah, it's just, um, it's not really a saying, it's just kind of a sentiment. But the idea that, like, as a teenager, you're waiting uh, to, to be an adult, and then the day you become an adult, almost instantaneously, you kind of yearn for yeah. going back to your childhood days. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't know how I woke up at like 5 a.m. to go to high school and to come home and like play games <laughs> until like 2 a.m. <laughs> you know, I could hardly stay up past like 10 now. And I really wish I had the energy and the time <laughs> that I did back then. But now, I don't know. It's just a different life. Well, I feel like we spent, I mean, I can't obviously talk for everybody, but I think um, I can definitely say that as a teenager, I wasted a bunch of time. Yeah. You just like use it like it's, there's, there's an endless amount of it. You yeah. Know? I didn't have a understanding of how precious time was then. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I have idle time to do nothing. Cool. As opposed to now, it's like I cherish like that half hour. And it's like, <laughs> I, have no, I have nothing going on right now at all. Really? I know. This is like the first weekend we didn't like, leave the house on saturday night you know and they're like was like whoa yeah. i really love this right now i wish we would do this more often and it's just not always the case you know but as a teenager you could like just literally like chill at home all day and do whatever you wanted and, like be productive if you wanted to be or not you know and like i wish i took advantage of that sometimes yeah, yeah. and i was still as teenager still found things to complain about and be <laughs> angst angsty about Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we're just like creatures of habit. Whatever situation we're in, we learn to adapt and also can be kind of uh, angsty and yearn for something different, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not too many times. I think there's been a few times you and I have talked where you're just like entirely content. I think it's important like to take time and realize the good things are going on in life. But I think sometimes the... the uh, kind of automatic thought processes to think of a, of a different period. Of Escape, yeah. I think it's hard. And it's called know. future tripping. Um, it's yeah. Let's call it. And you like think about the future so hard that you like can't even focus on what you have in front of you. And I'm like, 
really keen on moving away from the idea and like really appreciating what you got right now you know like i could reminisce all day yeah, yeah. like think about like oh if i had this much money i could be able to do this and that but like no what i have now is like enough and that's always what i want to be happy with <laughs> yeah, just being present with like this is all we have right now tactically which is a cliche like kind of new agey thing to say but it's true you know it's like all you have is this moment and this moment and this moment mm -hmm. it's good to like you're saying plan you know for the future but if you're future tripping maybe it becomes an issue because then you're never gonna you're just living in delusion and fantasy not actually you know working with yeah you. and then yeah. once you like get to the thing that you want you're going to want something else is what i find yeah. so like i just don't want to like live with that idea yeah and what i struggle with though is sorry no, yeah. is making peace like if you're if you're tight on bills though or you just got a bunch of stuff stressing you out that's like this is like like this is you know i'm living life it's great but like it's hard <laughs> in that moment to be at peace for me at least because it's mm -hmm. like you got like this stuff going on this stuff going on and it's just like one after another and it's like nah yeah. and like you just want to get out of that state but mm -hmm. can't be hard but even in those moments it's supposed to be you know i think true happiness is just acknowledging that you know that's part of it you know and then, mm -hmm. you know it's still a blessing and yeah. every I breath there's one have you found found ways of like trying to negate or try and get away from future tripping Mm, I think it's like the practice of mindfulness and that's like really a big thing that I focus in on like with my therapist and whatnot I've been going to therapy like for a year now um, because I ever got like diagnosed with like ADHD and like general depression and whatnot or like major depression in general anxiety yeah. ADHD whatever um, I got diagnosed with that stuff like last year just because uh, I was just going <laughs> going through a hard time getting adjusted with the pandemic and whatnot so i just got checked and tested and like ever since i like started therapy and it's been a great help for me to like bring myself back to the moment and like kind of acknowledging like my thoughts and feelings but also like thinking about like what's actually the fact and the fact of the matter in these different stressful situations you know there's a lot of things you can't do and can't do and it's what you can do is what actually determines your outcome not the things that you're thinking about or yeah, you know, so it's a lot of like acknowledging my emotions and being okay with stuff, even if they're not comfortable um, and, and being mindful of the space and the time I'm in. Definitely. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about reminds me of a quote from, from Mark Twain, but he said some of the, I'm going to botch it a little bit, but he said some of the worst days in my life never happened. But it's to the point that you're making where sometimes we'll just think about all these possible things and all this stuff going on, but then we create this false reality and we suffer without having to, which ties back into what you're talking about, about mindfulness and coming back to that moment um, and kind of just anchoring here, you know, but I always think yeah. If I'm having, if I'm getting in my headspace too much, yeah. it's like I, I literally am making so much out of this and nothing has happened. And I just do burning cortisol and stressing out. Just it's no, it's bad news bears. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough sometimes, you know. And I've like learned a lot of things to like reel myself back in and make sure I'm like in the moment rather than not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, just different ways, different ways of grounding. Like, cause it's so hard to see out of that if you're right in the middle of all that fire and fury. It's like hard to take a step outside of it. But I think that's why therapy and certain text techniques can be helpful. Just be like, okay, is this really, is this really what I'm? This really real. Yeah. How real is this? All right. 
it's like medium real. Okay, we're good. <laughs> well, that's that's cool, man. I'm, I'm happy that that was part of your process of, of um, working through some of these things. I wonder though, because um, it sounds like a lot of this stuff in your life, some of these changes were happening around the same time. Did music have anything to do or have any part to play in you working through some of those things? Um, I think it's a like one of my favorite things to do, like the ground myself, you know, to like escape the world I'm in so I can just like jump into my laptop and like make music and because I know at the end of the day if I like it don't like it is it was like something I enjoyed doing at the time <laughs> even if it sounds trash the next day I'm like oh, well I had like eight, eight hours of fun yesterday so like even if it sounds terrible today like what about it you know <laughs> yeah. so I think me being able to like work through like the struggles of like creating music, releasing music, and like what I, my artist vision was that like I had all these conversations with myself last year, like oh what what's my sound or like uh, what do I want to be and like all that like at the end of the day like now just realizing it's like it's okay it doesn't really matter that much, <laughs> it matters but also like it doesn't matter so much that I should like stop myself from making music because it doesn't sound like this you know like I shouldn't hold myself back in that regard like if it makes it sounds like this and it sounds right then why not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder, um, you, you had mentioned that you watched the, the new documentary on Sun Hollow's video. Mm. Yeah, in there, I quote something he said that I thought was really interesting. He said, never really able to, to cry about something until I've written a song about it. Mm-hmm. Essentially like alluding to the idea that he's not really able to process events in his life until he writes about it. Have yeah, you, that's cool. Do you experience anything similar for you as music more escape or is it processing through things or does it does it take on a different form depending on like where you're at um i think hmm, for me i think it's just like an escape that i'm able to like tell a story without actually experiencing the story or and then like people can interpret it as what they want you know like you you could take one statement and like turn it to 100 different things depending on how you say it um same with music like if one song can mean this to someone else then mean this to someone and then means this to someone else and like um i've got really like encouraging statements and messages from friends like oh like this song made me cry like the song hasn't made me cry but i'm like so happy that you're able to connect to it because like we have a similar connection to the song but uh, it's also different at the same time so I think it's like a lot to do with like giving my like creating a palette of emotions for people to understand and then if whether or not they're able to connect to it is up to them but when they do it when they do connect to it it's like <laughs> makes it all the more rewarding for me it's so interesting you can have you know objectively the same thing and then subjectively people interpret well I guess that's art you know that's how mm. I kind of describe art as something something that someone deems beautiful or worthwhile that um you know uh, is objectively one thing but can be interpreted so many different ways yeah for sure that's why I love art like you could take one picture and like look at it different ways you can even flip it upside down and have a different view on it you know <laughs> so it makes me so frustrated when there's like people that try to argue about music objectively or um, say like, oh, you shouldn't be um, telling an artist, like, oh, you shouldn't be talking about this or meaning you, when you do this, you mean this. It's like, you don't know what that artist was trying to express with that piece of work. Like it could be entirely different from what, you know, um, from what they're actually trying to convey. If, if there was anything at all they were trying to convey. Right. 
yeah i think it has a lot to do with intent like if you don't understand the artist's intent then um you're just consuming it as is and that's where like as a consumer your intentions could be very different from the artist you know <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. There's like the actual, I guess the only objective part of it is just the production of it or the writing of it, like the craft that it takes to do that. And everything else after that just goes out in the world and it just interacts with people and it becomes its own entity. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's like some like pitchfork review on the album like we think it's awesome they, they give it like a three out of ten you know it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, like like why does this person matter so much you know like this yeah, exactly, yeah. Or like anthony yeah. fantano like like i think i saw a review on like one of porter's older older albums like two out of ten like like someone like think of a two out of ten and that's okay but like they also have people yeah. think it's like 10 out of 10 100 out of 10 you know it's all subjective yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, why is that person an authority? That's a really good point. It's like, why, who, who are you? Like, random reviewer number three. What like, this why, person thinks is so important. Why is it a child? Yeah. yeah, it's definitely important to, like, get their feedback and whatnot, but also, like, yeah. important to be okay with, like, if someone not liking your stuff and it also being okay with, like, you not liking your own stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's funny that... I, we may be thinking about the same review, no reason to name names, but there's a certain reviewer that had made the, um, that review on Porter's uh, Worlds album. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really cool that, I don't know if you saw it, but when he uh, released Nurture, um, the same, same critic, the same reviewer gave it, uh, gave Nurture a much higher review. And then people were just like so confused. And then the, the guy opted and like he reached out to Porter. They ended up sitting down and having an interview. But it's really it was really interesting dialogue about how like the critic was like, hey, just because I, you know, and he was kind of addressing the audience. He's like, just because I give like a certain review, it doesn't mean I don't respect the artist. It doesn't mean anything. It's just subjectively how I feel about this. Like I'm not, you know, you can say what you want about that, but I thought it was really interesting. He's like, I just, this is just what I think about it. Like he, he as a critic wasn't even like, I don't think other people should think this. <laughs> it's just what I think. It's so interesting that people care in the first place. I'm not saying like yeah. down with the whole industry of, of artistic criticism, but it's like, why, why in the first place are you even listening to a dude who's like, yeah. who doesn't even care himself? Or do you care if he cares? You know, just like, what yeah, are you exactly. Doing? It's like, why, why do you care so much? And you know, like yeah. you, you can't like, say you love a song and you give it to a friend they're like oh, i don't know it's like okay well that did that hurt your feelings like no <laughs> I, I don't think it should right so if they don't like the song that's okay you still like the song it doesn't change your opinion <laughs> yeah yeah just quirky you know quirky people are weird people are weird yeah, people are. <laughs> like, you get that for like food because you want to figure out if it like, tastes good or doesn't taste good with music it's just you know if it, if it hits it hits like you just kind of yeah. go from there. <laughs> Yeah. food there's objectivity about it like is it cooked enough can is i it eat it, is yeah. it going to kill me? Yeah. Like, yeah. whereas music i mean there's just so much band like so much yeah range yeah i feel like yeah play just play and create play and create play and create <laughs> <laughs> yeah they say like with music like you like learn all the rules and then, then you like break you choose a few to break and that that's like what i think music is you know like you can learn everything you can about like how, what a sound does to make it like feel good or like these frequencies that are good or like you have to like all this technical stuff with music and then like sometimes you break the rule because it feels better that way you know but you can't like break all of them otherwise you like wreck <laughs> wreck your song or something but maybe it'll work one day 
but you can't <laughs> you have to like be careful with that type of stuff mm-hmm. yeah and to kind of go back to drawn correlations that probably don't need to be drawn but you're talking about food yeah i think that can be said so that, you know something yeah some things are different some things are the same but with like things like food i feel like you could say the same thing like a lot of times you like those those rules cooking but then i think to make really great cuisine or something new you have to break some of the rules and uh, try different things yeah and you could say for music it's like you, you, there's some basic rules yeah it's coming from a non-musician but it's like obviously <laughs> not what i'm talking about <laughs> but it's like harmonies or like basic rules where it sounds like it hits a rhythm mm-hmm. that makes it digestible by your brain and it kind of goes from there yeah but you don't like feed raw chicken people <laughs> that's not gonna work out and there's an inside joke there because we used to live together and i would like sam i cooked my chicken he gave me shit about it that's why he laughed <laughs> oh i see <laughs> it's hard sometimes i think pork harder <laughs> everybody needs to know that our initial idea it wasn't for this podcast but our initial idea for a show is to make a show where we follow jack around and just watch what he cooked yeah and i think that, that would have been uh, so great because you saw the random, random yeah. shit that you cook and the random pretty weird weird guy <laughs> to, this, to this day his favorite his favorite sauce is spicy mayo he puts whatever hot Nothing sauce with it. it's delicious whatever hot sauce available into mayo and then just like just throws it on whatever he's eating it's fantastic I love spicy mayo though <laughs> yeah I got a man of culture on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay i lost that one but anyway yeah, the other stuff went off the rails good. on that one i apologize uh i believe what you're trying to say is uh you gotta follow learn the rules to break the rules and then you go from there yeah yeah um i did want to bring up um your your playlist because i fucking love it rainy days jack found it yeah. me. like every song on there i'm like oh this is incredible this is great and it clicked in my mind because when he said learn the rules to break the rules almost they're all very different songs but I was thinking about it I'm like they are cohesive in a way but I was trying to figure out what it is and it clicked when he said like learn the rules to break the rules they all seem like artists that um kind of are at that stage in their career where they they have the rules down and then now they're just like breaking it to play along with them some of the artists I'm thinking of like more kismet um but also jab on there uh, you have a lot of great artists. Um, oh, Hex Cougar with Alter Ego. Oh, yeah. Hex Cougar. Oh. Yeah. I look up to all those artists because, like, I don't know, like, the way Morg produces is so, like, I don't know. I've seen, like, Twitter clips and it's, like, all, all they do is, like, throw a kick drum on and crank it hella loud. And that's their kick for the song. And, like, why am I, like, EQing the heck out of this kick when I could do that? But that's all, that works for them and what works does I do works for me, you know? Like, <laughs> there's so many ways to do it, and these people do it in, like, such unique ways. And I think that's, like, super awesome about it. I'm glad you found a playlist, though, because, like, I haven't updated that in so long, and I feel like it's always a chore for that playlist or like when artists do playlists like that like it's super special but also like ah, so hard to upkeep like shout out to all the playlisters (laughs) keeping that stuff fresh every week i think that one's good the way it is i mean definitely (laughs) update if you want to but that's a that's a little snapshot of just like a really really cool look into a certain type it's not even a i can't even call it a genre though it's just like um 
loosely associated artists. Yeah, they all kind of harmonize together, though. They all kind of complement each other, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Quiet yeah. Bice, like all of Quiet Bice. I'm like, I'm a fan now. I didn't even listen to Quiet <laughs> Bice. And I heard him in a remix once, but I've been playing songs from your playlist, like from Quiet Bice on repeat for the past like three days. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Quiet Bice is so Quiet. awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a, your candy for me because we had um, uh, one of our um, first guests so early on in the podcast. We had a guy on and his his guest mix. Um, one of the strong points I felt was a quiet by some remix of Friends. Uh-huh. And it's on your playlist. And for the longest time, it was one of those where I was like, God, I cannot find this remix. And it was bu- bugging me so much. And then oh, yeah. I was just playing on, on, on uh, Shuffle on your playlist. I'm like, oh, this is it. <laughs> Yeah, that remix is insane. What I'm like so excited for them to release more stuff because like they had a good, good run, and then like it kind of took a break, and now they're like going back into it, and I'm like super duper excited because it's like really like game changing what they do. <laughs> oh, somebody else I want to bring up too that you had on the, the um, playlist was um, oh my good lord, they played um, Second Skies. They're like a, a trio. I'm blanking on their name. A tr- Wave Dash? Wave Dash, yeah. Wave Dash. Yeah, Wave Dash. I found them, like, so long ago when they were just making, like, dubstep, but their dubstep was also, like, different to the dubstep at the time, so I, like, really appreciated them at the time. And then they released an album, like, this year or last year, and it's, just, like, taken off with how they are unique with their sound. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super cool that they're a trio... Uh, making music like that <laughs> i don't even know how you describe that type of music though and i, I didn't know that they did dubstep originally that's interesting i haven't heard any of that but what would you describe what they're making currently i have no idea i, I would just say it's wave dash <laughs> <laughs> <For real. laughs> there's some of those artists it's like that you know they, they and that's why one of the beautiful things i like about um edm is that it's like there's ways to create a sound that's just so uniquely you and still be accepted. Like think about artists like Rez. Like there's, uh, as far as I know, absolutely nothing that sounded like it before her. Yeah. And now you hear anything like it, you're like, oh, that's Rez sound. Yeah, it's like her sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. People definitely have their sounds. And that's why I don't think like genres should literally like limit people or like people should be like so stuck on genres. Cause I don't know, if you go to a, a dubstep show and all you heard was dubstep, would you be sick of dubstep? I would be. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so when you throw in the house track in there it goes off you know let <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, go find away some house and, and yeah then. exactly <laughs> oh man um hey, i wanted to bring up a song um that you had made with with um corbin guru 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 yeah. Um, called Can't Forget. It's a really cool track, but I was looking at something on your profile where Corbin had mentioned that it was something new to both of you guys. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't really clear what he was talking about. What was what did he mean by that? Um, it was new because I was like desperate for vocalists and I w- wasn't really sure how to go around that. And like my last ditch effort was like going to Fiverr, but I found this website called Feature Decks and they like had vocalists from like bands I like listened to. So oh. it was like really weird and surreal. Like it's just even like legit. So I just, there were some of them were out of my pay range. And then I found Corbin who played for Rarity, uh, which was one of the Canadian bands I listened to and found kind of semi-recently and connected with him through that website and we were just like talking on twitter because i sent in like a 
commission requests and it never he never got to see it so i like dm'd him on twitter and we just kind of started talking and um after that he sent me vocals for a beat i made and it worked out perfectly um and now we're working on another song together um i have his vocals and i just need to produce the song and i'm super duper excited because he was really happy that i came back and asked for more work from him and he even <laughs> went above and beyond and gave me like harmonies and, and like other tracks for me to work with um because of it and i think it's like integral for our part her artist growth because he's working with like an edm producer or electronic music producer me and he this guy's typically like playing for like post-hardcore emo bands or acoustic stuff <laughs> you know like not not the typical wheelhouse that he's used to but he like listens to myself and he says like he really loves it and like uh, i don't know we're, we're friends now so um it's super exciting that's so cool you know some of those things fall fall on the plane even if they don't initially make like obvious sense like you know working with somebody completely outside of your wheelhouse like you're still able to like form those relationships and get something cool out of it that's awesome i, I always wondered um how that how that worked um when you're working with like a, an, a vocalist or something it's like is it always like the producer that provides a track and then the vocalist sings over it or but it sounds like with you guys he sent you vocals and then you build a track around it is one oh, no i sent him the beat and then he did vocals on top of it okay yeah, okay yeah. so it's gonna be challenging to get like vocals and then try to build does that ever happen or no not so much i, I don't think that happens too much because you have to sing on something to yeah. make, for it to make sort of sense i've heard of cases where like flume would get vocals for someone on one of his tracks but then he would change the whole beat after that you know like because it's either like it sounded better with this new beat or he wanted to like just have some some foundation and then he would just flip it and do it different um so there's so many ways you can go about it but i think at the start you definitely i'm not speaking from a vocalist perspective but it just makes sense for me to have something to sing on about you know like what you can't just sing in the air and that'd be a song um you could be but then like where, where did the instruments come from <laughs> yeah so maybe if you're a maniac like flume maybe but like other than that no <laughs> yeah that <laughs> guy's uh something else really mm -hmm. so, um well Randy, I feel like we've been talking for a little bit. Is there anything that like you feel like you wanted to talk about that we didn't we didn't touch on, or th things like that you'd want people to know about you as a as a person? Like I think that's the idea of this whole podcast. Yeah, hey, just like, get to know the artist. Yeah, well, we get to know you through your work, which is incredible, and I thank you for for creating because you do have really great music. But it, mm -hmm. is there anything about Randy that like you feel like people should know? Uh... I don't know. I think my personality is just like me making music and then me and my dog and just me and life with friends and like going to shows or like just experiencing like these exterior and interior like experiences, like going to different places and seeing sites or um, just like staying at home and like making an, an adventure out of that. You know, like I'm like really big on like, again, the mindfulness part of life and like what you could do to make the most out of the situation you're in and, and what you can do to like put you in a different space where you can have someone else's perspective um yeah and then probably like thank you for having me um thank you for <laughs> accepting like the ep as a youtube video with with a looping <laughs> rain um, i think it's super cool that 
give that to you guys as something special. Um, it'd be exclusive. So until it's on streaming platforms, which I don't know when, um, <laughs> maybe before the end of the year. If not, that's okay. Uh, but I'm definitely working on music when I can, and I'm super duper excited to show different sides of monsoons because uh, I like like heavy bass music so maybe one day you'll get heavy bass music but also like love like acoustic tracks so maybe one day you'll get that um just you never really know what you're looking for when you <laughs> see something coming out of me so uh, I think that just plays into my quirky personality <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm super excited for you man and yeah Dude, it sounds like you're you got the right mindset, and um, it's it's exciting to hear hear an artist say like, don't you know, don't expect something particular from me. Like it's it's part of your personality to do something different. I think that's so so fucking cool. Um, so keep doing that, and uh, on you know on your on your own time, it sounds like that was a big thing that you were talking about um, with us. That you know you're not you're not well you're you're actively doing what you love and you're working hard on things, but like things are going to happen at the pace that they're supposed to happen. I think that's, that's so healthy. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like this podcast, you know, we pushed it out and we had like some scheduling stuff, but like we made it work. And I think that's super awesome. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like as long as <laughs> you get something out of it, whether it's like it's a positive experience or something you can learn from, uh, it's definitely worthwhile. <laughs> to accept like oh things aren't going to be the way they are like life's going to happen you know <laughs> changes are there and what can you do to capture those changes and um what i like to do is like make them into like musical moments <laughs> perfect works out perfect <laughs> that's um, a beautiful line to yeah. end on too to be honest yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> um your normal wrap up sure yeah so where can we where can people find you how can they connect with you um, it was fantastic having you on, but we want to make sure that people can, you know, watch you as you you're going through your journey as an artist and expressing your artwork. So, what's the best way to connect with you moving forward? Yeah, the best way to connect with me is on socials at It's Monsoons. Um, funny story: I had an imposter like a few weeks ago who was like It's Monsoons, and they literally copied every. They went through the effort to copy every single post <laughs> that I did. And just so that, because I was doing a giveaway to festival tickets for people who pre-saved my latest single, and they copied every single post and like posted a different giveaway link, and so they could try to catch people's information. And <laughs> literally, that has been was a struggle for like three weeks to get that account taken away. I don't even know if they're still up or not because they blocked me. But for a week, people were messaging like, "Hey, I think someone's trying to be impersonating. Is this the real?" Randy is like, yeah, this is me, but I'm going to change my profile pictures just so like this other person. <laughs> so it's clear that this other person isn't me. But oh my gosh, that was so stressful. But yeah, anyone can find me at It's oh, Monsoons <laughs> um, on like SoundCloud, um, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and Audius. I think that's where I'm most active. Cool. Um, I'm keen to talking to anyone. Honestly, like I love just making that little bit of connection, like relating to someone or having a little conversation um, with random people throughout the day. It just makes my day a little brighter. Well, you definitely made our day brighter. Thank you again, Randy. I appreciate you so much. And uh, we'll do a cheers to sign off here. <laughs> cheers. Three cups. Three cups. Cheers. Cheers. That is the end of our episode with Monsoons. Thank you so much for listening. And next week, we sit down with an artist from California named Wisley. If you're liking our conversations, if you like our content, please follow us, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. But uh, until next time, stay caffeinated.